This episode is sponsored by Grenade.com. Go to Grenade.com for all your fitness needs. Get your muscle building. Get your fat burning. Get your BCAs, your multivitamin, fish oil. You heard of it. What is it? Go to Grenade.com and find out. And use promo code Hans, H-A-N-S, 25. Get yourself 25% off the world's number one supplement. Grenade.com. All right, everybody, welcome to episode 13 of Mr. 715, and uh, it's a beautiful Sunday afternoon here in Wisconsin, which you don't hear me say a lot, okay? It's actually warm enough so you can go outside. Yes, finally. It's really, really crazy. Uh, Tomorrow is going to be back down to 30, though, okay, so we're back in the hypothermia, but what we're going to touch about on my little rant right off the bat here, I call this a random rant. We're going to talk about criticize, criticize, criticism, can criticizing, and it's really popular right now. Criticizing people is a really popular thing to do, and it's because, in my opinion, people can't step up. I see criticism in sports. I see criticism in politics, business, and life, and I think the big thing is because there's no leaders anymore, and everybody has lost their self-esteem. And it's so much easier to sit back in life and watch whoever's doing anything, whoever's moving, whoever's talking, whoever's speaking about something of value, it's so easy to make fun of them like you're something special. So my big message is, you want to give advice to somebody? Guy told me years ago, never take advice from someone that's not doing better than you in that area. Okay, so the so as soon as you start giving advice or criticism to somebody, let's think twice about it. Are you the person? Should you be giving advice? If not, maybe you should shut up. Opinions are like assholes. Everybody's got one. I'd love to say I came up with that. I sure the hell did not. Okay, but in some cases, your opinion might be just be wrong. Well, nobody's opinion is wrong. Everybody has their own right to... Hey, I'm running the show, all right? This is Mr. 715 show, and your opinion might be wrong, all right? Go ahead and criticize me for it. All right, episode 13. Thanks for joining in. Love having you, all right? And you're going to absolutely freaking love this episode. You know why? I'll tell you why. Because I'm with MMA's... Sammy Donner. This guy is one of the most interesting son of a bitches I've ever met. I want to get to know him. And instead, I said, why not come down here, Red Zone Studios, and have the whole freaking world learn who you are? Everybody gets a crack at it, okay? And I'm not just the country. We have listeners all over the world. And that's really freaking cool. And I want them to know today everything about you. Will you start? Welcome, by the way. What's up? Drinking whiskey. Thank you drinking very much. black 
barrel whiskey. Black barrel Jameson. I absolutely love Irish mm. whiskey. Never had a chance to try the black barrel, so I figured I'd grab one of those and uh, bring it on here today. Drinking it with a little bit of Fit Aid as well, which is absolutely amazing. I what a, a great combo. <laughs> yeah. Dangerous. Dangerously good. Dangerous. You're, and what is your nationality? Let's mm. start with that. And then I want you to give us a little timeline, okay? Okay. And then I'm going to shut my mouth. I know it's hard. And I'm going to open my ears. I uh, All right, so my nationality, I have uh, Danish. I'm, my family's from Denmark, uh, Ireland, and a little bit of German in there as well. So, uh, But predominantly, I'm Den- uh, Danish and Irish. So Love it. Yes. I can see the Irish. Yes. I, I think Danish more, though. I have the Viking beard, the Viking oh, yeah. blood. Yeah. I think that's where yeah. it comes from. You truly. have a good beard. <laughs> okay, guys, for you, you podcast listeners, okay, this guy's sitting here. With a freaking level 10, all right? <laughs> level 10 beard. And you're a young guy. 24. Just turned 24 back in December, so. A lot of you bitches out there, 24-year-old guys, you can't get a beard like this, okay? <laughs> Robbie, can you get a beard like that? No. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Takes a lot of time and patience, you know. It's uh, it's definitely a process. Time and patience yeah. when somebody says, hey, listen, I've been doing this for years. I don't see, I see a patch. <laughs> Do you <laughs> right. give up on it? I'm lucky, I guess. I don't yeah. know. I wouldn't grow it, though. If I didn't grow a full beard, if it was patchy, I probably wouldn't even uh, invest in growing it out. So Looks good. Anybody wants to see what this cat looks like, um, and you can even friend the son of a bitch, all right? I just open him up to the world. Sammy Donner, that's E-R, two yes. N's and an E-R. Friend him on Facebook. This guy's getting into some fights. Turning pro, maybe? Is that what we're going to talk about a little Hopefully bit Hopefully in the near future right, here, okay. yeah. You know, we've had an interesting couple last years, you know, and I've kind of been pulled away from the sport a little bit, so I'm definitely looking to get back into it. You I'm know, putting a little pressure on you right <laughs> now, aren't I? <laughs> Throwing shit like that out there? <laughs> of course, you know. That's where, uh, for me, MMA is, uh, that's where my true passion lies. So, of course, I'm trying to stay in that world in one form or another. So Tell us about uh, that. Tell us about... Give me a little backtrack, a little bit, a few years, as many as you want. If you want to start okay. when you were a little kid, growing up, um, just let's let us know who you are. Okay. Well, def- I grew up in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. Um, went to high school here as well, all the way up through. Um, I did athletics all the way through. I was very much into athletics growing up. Uh, I played soccer when I was younger, basketball, football, baseball, track, uh, most of the normal sports. You know, I really had an interest in competing physically. Um, so, you know, I, I definitely pursued that. And up, up through high school, I was very much wanting to play college football. That was my major focus growing up, you know, through those, you know, 15, 16, 17 years old. That was what I wanted to do. And unfortunately, I tore my ACL. So I lost my opportunity to make that happen. Or, you know, that, that was, uh, you know, something that came up. So I didn't have a chance to play college football after that. And I decided I wanted to continue to compete in some way, shape or form. It was very much in my blood and it still is. Um, you know, so I decided to look into, uh, some martial arts a little bit. One of my buddies that lived down in Chicago invited me down to come train a little bit. And, uh, there was this guy who anybody that's real hardcore MMA fans will know, uh, Miguel Torres, he was down in Chicago and I went down there and started training with him, um, initially. And he was a guy that was the 135 pound champ for the WEC. So we're talking, you know, over, over 10 years ago or so when he was big, but he was uh, pound for pound, one of the best fighters in the world at one point. Um, so he had a big impact on me initially and really pulled me into the sport of Brazilian jiu-jitsu and MMA as well. Um, you know, jiu-jitsu kind of led into MMA for me. 
I definitely uh, started started grappling and doing things like that and competing in jiu-jitsu tournaments, which really were a lot of fun, um, especially compared to uh, competing in football and things like that. It's just a different sport completely. You know, the one-on-one um, is just completely – to me, it was very real because you're relying on yourself. So you're um, a team guy. You you love the team. I was. You love team yeah, stuff. I mean, all the a whole different up. attitude, like you said. Right. Yeah. You know, and and something about having only yourself to rely on was very uh, exciting to me. I like the fact that you know, if it w- if I was to lose in any of these situations, it was on me, um, and that really pulled me into that world. So I was training down in Chicago with Miguel Torres, and then I ended up going down to Florida. Um, I wanted to pursue a couple different gyms down there and look into the training that they were doing down there. Why Florida? Why why you 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 you're training in Chicago, Miguel Torres. Right. Tough guy, great teacher. And what was the turning point where you said I got to get to Florida? For me, I, I remember I tore my knee up. I think I had to go home and have meniscus surgery. Uh, or surgery on my meniscus, and I ended up going back home. And, uh, you know, for me, I started looking around a little bit when I was rehabbing and whatnot and looking at different parts of the country. Young kid, um, didn't have much going on, so I really wanted to go explore a little bit. And for me, Florida, you know, there's a lot of big names down there, a lot of big gyms. I wanted to to go down there and kind of see what was happening with that. So, you know, luckily for me, I kind of just took a shot. I went down there, um, myself and a buddy of mine, and we we got a place together. Um, I linked up with the guys at the UFC gym down there and started uh, teaching with them um, that's awesome and, yeah and then so I, I was really I was around that I was teaching a lot of kickboxing and boxing classes and stuff like that um, from there I met one of my really good friends to this day probably somebody that's had one of the biggest impact uh, the most impact on my life up to this point so far on me is uh, Reese Hall one of my buddies down in Florida he uh, I met him at the UFC gym uh, we clicked right away. Instantly had a very good bond. What city were you? Were you talking? I about was there? down in Winter Springs. Is where that gym was at. It's right, like right outside of Orlando. Okay, probably no, about ten no. minutes away. Yeah. So on the the inner, not not near the coast, but on the inner inner coast, yep. I suppose, yep. down in Florida. So I was down there training with those guys, and I met Reese. Uh, Reese is one of those guys that really opened my mind to new ideas when it came to MMA, um, looking at things differently than you know a lot of gyms you go to, and they they have to do things this way. Um, you know, they, they need things to happen this way or else it's not right. He was a guy that looked at a lot of different things and said, you know, maybe we can try this or we can try this this way, see how this works. Really opened my mind to expanding my game. Um, and he was the guy that I stuck around for uh, or stuck around with for a long time. Him and I went from Florida. Um, I competed a lot down in Florida, a lot of jiu-jitsu tournaments, a lot of a handful of MMA fights as well. Um, it got to the point where down there um, I had fought the champion of one of the organizations and beat him. Um, so that was, you know, one of the things in my career that was really important to me um and that was all with the, the help of reese hall at that point he was my head coach there is he still down there he he actually Keep your friendship with him or? yeah so basically what happened was from florida him and i wanted to go out west out west is where all of the major you know a lot of guys from brazil come up and they'll go out to either california arizona uh that whole west coast so we wanted to go out there and explore that you know always we, someone but there's always a better place to be and you know you notice that there's right always a, right it's always exactly. while we're here we're in florida mm-hmm. but we got you know there's i mean right and i don't know what it was we just had a very big itch to go and explore to learn from new people yeah um you know we, which is a huge part right and i'm no expert but i know that's a huge part of the art right is right 
knowledge. Yeah, I, in my opinion, the more looks you can get, the more every single person has a different style of fighting minorly. Even if it's similar, everybody's got different different things going on in their game. So, the more looks you can get from different people, the more knowledge and and situations you will have seen in your own head. Um, so it prepares you better for the, those real situations when they come up. And one um, of the one of the big things with MMA and fighting is which I think the, the the winners like you, the guys that really are going next level, that are going to make something of this, yeah, um, have to be so open minded to actually saying, "I'm interested in someone else's art or their techniques and their styles. I'm interested in other styles." Where, you know, fights to to me most more. You know, I I was in taekwondo for a few years, so I get it more than probably the average person, but. Right. The average barroom brawler, mm-hmm. technique, style, what? <laughs> okay, I know how to fight. I throw a haymaker just like that. Right. But there's so rights. much more to fighting. Oh, yeah. There is so much more to it. Yes, I agree. You know, And that's one thing I think that I could not agree more with is what you said. You need to have an open mind. Um, I Personally, I think that martial arts for me um, has opened my mind to different ideas quite a bit. Um, it's also made me quite humble in a sense that you cannot get your, you know, get your ass handed to you day in and day out in training and, and continue to have a major ego. Um, that seems to just disappear in that sport when you're there long enough because I I will say, I got to interrupt you, which I'm going to do from time to time because (laughs) I'm just jacked about this all the time. Okay. This is first impression of you. What I was so impressed with was you being humble. And I, you know what I can't stand is people humble. Now that word's even fucking being destroyed out there. Oh yeah. Oh, I won this award. I did this. I did that. I was such a humbling experience. Do you know what humble really means? It means something fucking happened to you where you don't say shit. Okay. This is not like me, me, me. Oh my God. I was up on stage and I'm so humbled. That's not humble guys. That's the opposite of being humbled. Right. Okay. When I met you, I was just, you blew my doors off of how real humble you were. Okay. You even kind of bowed a little bit, which I love. That's just <laughs> fucking total, you know, anybody that knows anything about martial arts, because I grew up bowing an instructor. Right. And the, the show of respect, respect is a big freaking word here. Um, you just blew me out of the water. I couldn't believe you're 24 years old, first of all. Could not believe it, okay, um, in a good way. Right, right. right. And um, that was really impressive, so. Well, thank you. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, for me, of course, growing up, everybody, at least for me personally, I was definitely a, a rambunctious young man. You know, I had quite an ego growing up, and I thought quite no. a bit of myself. Oh, definitely. But, uh, you know. We're men. We're humans. Right, right. <laughs> of course. So, I mean, for me, that was something that I had noticed, and I still notice it within myself from time to time, of course. Uh, but martial arts was really something that Joe Rogan says that I really relate to, and it really resonates within me is, you know, he said that uh, martial arts is a great tool to develop your human potential. And I think that that is, is you know, as honest as you can get when it comes to martial arts. Um, to me, it, it really broke me down mentally. Um, it showed me that, you know, I am vulnerable in these situations and I'm not, you know, superhuman or anything like that. I can be, uh, you know, I, there's people that are out there that are a lot better than me and there's always people to grow from. So for me, that being in that situation on a consistent basis really allowed me to um, 
to see to see that you know that, that allowed me to become a humble person. Yeah. Um, it, it really helped me grow. Like I said, you can't you can't be in training every day getting beat up and you know walking out of the gym some days just feeling awful after training. You know you just got your ass handed to you. Um, it, it really helps develop that human potential. And for me, it helped me become more of a humble person, a, a humble human being. So you know when people see these fights, and I want to bring this up to people, and. I don't think they get what a big deal it is. Okay, for people that even want or have been in fights, barroom fights, okay, it doesn't even hold a candle to the feeling and the nerves that start getting activated when you step into an opt- octagon or a ring situation. An organized fight is what I'm trying to really get at. Yeah. Anybody, oh, I'm drunk and I'm going to punch this guy. No, you're going to, this is a set up situation and everyone's watching. There's actually going to be a crowd and it's not just, you know, wrestling around or anything else. I mean, you could get knocked out and look pretty stupid. Yeah. So, I mean, I watched your fights, okay? You're getting punched in the face by hard as somebody can punch right, okay right. it's real. now think about this you listeners think about when's the last time you got your face bashed in someone hauled off and punched you in the in the in the, in the melon as hard as they could think about that most people never have had that feeling right right that to me is really something i just want to point that out yeah you know and it's that's why it surprises me you know there's times where i'll go out and i'll see guys trying to start a fight you know those guys that like to fight after two in the morning when the bars close are just waiting out there to fight um you know that stuff's a little crazy to me because you know you see i don't think people really truly understand how vulnerable they are um, at the end of the day and you know in those situations that's why a lot of people look at MMA fighters like they're these big tough you know rough angry guys that's not the case all that the the top of the you can't be successful that no, way no the successful guys that have made it to the UFC that I've met are all extremely humble individuals one two they don't walk around like they you would never guess that they are UFC fighters they don't walk around with that attitude and it seems like the people that truly probably don't have the skill set for MMA and the people that you know are, are getting in street fights outside of bars and whatnot, they they it's a different language to them. I don't think they can even begin to understand really. Uh, I don't either. What it is. It's, it's that's why I want to point those things out. Right. It's very odd to me, and I, you see it a lot. And it's just like you know, if this guy really knew, you know, what it felt like to just get just get nailed. I mean, I that would change. So I think it's good for people. It's good for those people to be in vulnerable situations and to see that you know that they are vulnerable. Uh, martial arts is weird that way and very interesting to me. What what when you before a fight, um, you know the nerves. I was in a couple organized fights, and like felt like vomiting, mm-hmm. like hard. Yeah, it's um to me it's the I just I like to describe it to people as the biggest buzz you probably can at least that I've felt personally in this world. Um, to me, it's your it's a complete out of body experience from the time you get there to you know before the fight you know you show up if you normally fight cards started about seven o'clock at night you get there at about three o'clock so you got four hours to sit there and oh, wait that's and gotta be the it. worst of the worst it's bad and you you know you're in the same area as your opponent um you know that's weird as well having to be around the guy you're you're gonna go out and fight in front of thousands of people um that's a weird one and then on top of that that wait to that fight but um, the one thing I will say is once you get in that ring, it's it's complete freedom, and that's why I've been very addicted to it. And it's the only thing that I've ever found in life that is 
allowed me to be 100% completely free within that moment. And that's why I look forward to, you know, the potential to even jujitsu tournaments, not to that point, because there's not that real danger of you getting hit, not getting knocked out. But in MMA fights, um, there's true freedom in there, because you are able to, uh, it's 100% on you in there, you know, you're, mm-hmm. you're, it's either do or die. You're in a cage. Yeah. You're locked in a cage with yeah, someone that's going to try to not beat you up. Exactly. So to me, you know, it's very, it's very addicting to have that feeling of freedom. I can go in there and do whatever I want. Um, I can move how I want to move. I can throw what I want to throw. And uh, that's that's as free as it gets, and that's the most freedom that I've ever felt. So that's why I'm very addicted to that. You know, I, I can see why people stay in that in that career for, you know, they try to extend how long they're in there. You see guys like Vitor Belfort and stuff like that now yep. that are getting towards the used end. used to be my favorite guy. Right, it's kinda, right. You know, I, I do get the – I never used to get the, retire, the retirement thing. Mm-hmm. When guys would retire on top, why? You know, and it's easy for people to always say too, oh, geez, they, they should retire, you know, retire on top. I'm thinking it's easy for your fat ass to say that <laughs> sitting on a recliner, okay? Right. But it's like I'm just going to bring up Brett Favre, for, for instance, okay? Was the best in his industry, okay? Now, people are like, well, he should get out. Well, you know, he then he dipped a little bit, okay, throwing interceptions like crazy. Right. But he's still good enough to play in the NFL. If you're still good enough to play in the NFL, and that's been your life, your whole life, your entire life, mm-hmm. what exists for you on the outside, really? Right. And you love it. Well, he's got enough money. People think it's always about fucking money. You know that? Mm-hmm. They always think it's about money. Well, he's got enough money that he could have retired four years ago. You don't know shit. Right. Yes, he does have it. And he's still, what does that tell you? Any smart person would say, my God, that's a guy's life. That's what he lived for. Right. That's what he's living for. Why would he go... And, and do what? What is, You think he's just going to like go out and watch movies with his right. wife and stuff? Right. He's going to have no life on the outside. Yeah. And that's the thing, you know, I, I, I think with, you know, within any sport, not just an MMA, it's very addicting. It's addicting to the feeling you get within competition. So, you know, looking at somebody like Brett Favre, I get it. Vitor Belfort as well, all these cats that are, you know, getting towards the end of their careers but still around in the UFC especially, you know, I, I get it. It's the... Uh, to me, that's got to be something that's almost impossible to walk away from when you hit those levels, um, when you're at that point, you know? I want to, I want, I got to get back on the timeline with you. Okay. Okay, but I want to talk about Vitor a little bit because he's, in my opinion, and I'm nobody. Right. All right? But I've watched this guy get, this was my my favorite fighter. No one has. I've still never seen someone strike like this guy. Okay, and um, huge shoulders on him, and you know, just like <laughs> wow, looking right. up to this. And then you see the decline. He's got his ass kicked. I think three or maybe four of his last fights. Um, I think it's his time to go. But why wouldn't he want to go and help other people? Okay, like um, yeah, I mean, the California kid. All right. He's got something more going on right now, mm-hmm. all right? He's got his own camp. He's got the young blood coming up, and he's helping people become something that, you know, they pro- live up to their potential. Right. Why wouldn't he – what's keeping him there, in your opinion? Of not just go, starting his camp and – I think, you know, uh, looking at it from the outside, um, I think that with Vitor personally, it's probably something with uh, – 
maybe he's not finishing his career the way he ideally wanted to. So he's wanted. If he wins one more time, is he gonna? I I personally, I think if you were to see Vitor get a big knockout here in his next matchup, he he probably will retire. Um, He had a quite a run there. He I know he beat Luke Rockhold. Um, you know, he, he knocked off a couple of big names there a couple of years back and he kind of really, he's fallen off quite a bit in the last couple of years. So I think with that, I mean, he's probably just waiting for another big win and then he may retire, but then again, who knows? I mean, he could be one of those guys that's just, you know, trying to be a Dan Henderson, you know, fight all the way up until he's 40, 42, 43. Dan didn't have to retire, dude. I no. watched, did you watch his last fight? I did. He looked good. You know, he's, uh, he's getting older, but he still had some he juice He beat the, the piss out of him. Mm-hmm. He landed that reverse elbow. Is that the fight you were talking about? I forgot who he was fighting. Oh, Hector Lombard. Did you see that fight? Uh, Dan Henderson hit that reverse elbow and just laid him out flat. That wasn't his last fight, though. No. Uh, did he come back and fight Bisbing? Bisbing. Yeah. He beat the shit out of him. Yeah. And Vitor Belford was the one who um, disconnected v- uh, Bisbing's retina. Yeah, that's right. I remember that. That's uh, Wow, that was bad. I think that was a bad knockout. Um when he when he knocked out Bisping the first time they fought. Wait, never mind. That was Dan Henderson that knocked him out bad the first time that they fought. Henderson's a likable guy. Yeah, I, I mean old school. He he cocks this wrist or this this fist right, right next to his head, and he's just waiting to whoo. Yeah, <laughs> big right. I mean, scary right hand. Even older later in that guy's career, I mean, he just he had some pop in that right hand, and he he still does. You know, he could still be in the UFC now throwing that right hand. And I know, being successful with it. I so know, it's sad to see. But I mean, Bisbing's on top, dude. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And that's the thing, though. You know, I, I look at that, and you know, going back to the Brett Favre thing, you know, I see I see why guys try to stay around longer, but at the same time, in the sport of MMA. Me personally, seeing how training goes and seeing how training camps develop, and you know the work you really do have to put in for these events and these fights, um, it takes a big toll on your body. And you know, I'm only 24 years old, so I don't know what it's like to have a 30, 35 year old body, but I'm sure at that point in time, this stuff really begins to add up. Um, so it must get to a point where it's just simply too painful to keep to stay in the sport. Um, I'm sure guys would like to stay in it longer. I'm sure, you know, the average, I'm sure, is less than a decade within the UFC. And so that's, And that's impressive. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's just rough I on the I think pro sport. football is probably three years. I think, yeah, I think the last stat I've seen on anything like that in the NFL is running backs are generally three years or less now for average career, mm-hmm. which is crazy. You know, uh, there's guys that used to, like the old Jim Browns and stuff, they were around for a long time. Yeah. And now all of a sudden these guys, three years, and that's the prime of your yeah, careers. Well, back. because you got you got more you got more talent coming up. I think the whole thing changed. Right. I mean, I think I think weightlifting, I think conditioning, uh, training changed. Mm-hmm. Guys are so fast, and you, right. you just have you need the speed. NFL for sure. Right. Baseball guys can hang in there to hit the ball. Right. Uh, your eye develops, and you just your lights out mm-hmm. uh, football's all about speed yeah yeah and you know as you know guys are getting bigger faster stronger now sports science has really developed in the past decade um, so it's getting to the point now where people it's just too physically it's too much for a lot of people in that sport i think and uh you're seeing the the effects of that with shortened careers we're gonna jump back on the railroad tracks here to where you were when you wanted to head back out, you wanted to not back out west when you and your buddy, my buddy Reese Hall, were talking about going out west. Yep, yep. In the major leagues of MMA. Yeah, so my my buddy Reese and I, you know, got this idea when we were down in Florida. Like, you know, we need to go out west. We need to learn 
um, within the jujitsu world, uh, you know, there's a lot of West Coast BJJ is a big thing that people talk about. The style out there, the guard, the barambolos, these these advanced moves that people are coming up with now are really all developing in Brazil and out west. Um, and we wanted to go out there and learn that style. We were very obsessed with just learning, you know, any martial arts. Where did you work? Really. I mean, you just you took was, jobs. We and were how did the, you make this happen financially? I financially is very interesting as well too. You know, there was a lot living of, in a cardboard there box. Was, there was a lot of tough times for me, you know, traveling all takes. over, especially, but you know, there was, there was a lot of nights where I had to sleep, sleep at the gym. Like I said, I was working at the UFC gym down in Florida. A lot of nights where I had to sleep uh, on that boxing ring. Um, you know, a lot of, where I had to be up early the next day and I, I worked late at night. Um, you know, that was just kind of something I got used to after a while. Who the hell doesn't want to hear that shit? Right. Who do, right. You now that's one, you're 1% of America. You're 1% because that's uncomfortable. That's not knowing what tomorrow brings. Right. Okay. That's willing to see something greater in your future and banking on it. And you know what? People just ain't got the guts for that shit. Right. Right. And that's, you know, for me. And that's I- okay. Right. That's okay. They didn't got to do it. Right. And, you know, there's a, and that's the thing, like we, when you were saying before about us going out to Arizona, you know, it was to that point in Florida where there was a lot of nights where I did have to sleep in the gym. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of sacrifices I had to make, a lot of, a lot of days where I didn't know what the hell I was going to eat for dinner. I didn't know how I was going to pay for dinner. Um, so, you know, situations like that were absolutely amazing to go through at that 19, 20 year old age. Just for me, because those are lessons you can't take back. You know, those are things that I will for now. When I get food, I'm grateful for it, no matter what. If I when I have money in my bank account to go and buy food, I'm always grateful for it because of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and same when we went out to Arizona. Very little, we invested a lot of our money just to get out there. Sure. Um, I started working at the gym that I was training at out there. Uh, I started with the UFC gym, and then I ended up at Impact MMA. Now, uh, did you transfer? Like UFC gyms, a, tr- a franchise. Yep. Um, did you already have an in with working at the UFC gym in Florida or did you apply pressure? It was kind of interesting how that got set up too, was, uh, there was a, a training program that we had to go do. Robbie's all over. I was just, (laughs) need another, we need another German beer over here. Look at this guy. (laughs) We, uh, so we, uh, I went out to a training seminar, I guess, not seminar, they were developing a new, some new classes and whatnot for the UFC gym. So I went out to California for a week, I believe. And out there, I met some guys from Arizona, and they were telling me about it. And, you know, I had already kind of thought in my head, West, oh, West was kind of where I wanted to go explore. So I talked to them, and, you know, once I went out to Arizona, they kind of hooked me up with an opportunity to teach some camps out there or some classes out there and whatnot. Um, so I took advantage of that. And then from there, I met Jamie Varner, and he gave me a chance to come in uh, to Impact MMA. Uh, Jamie Varner, by the way, is a former 155-pound champ and WEC uh, UFC vet as well. Um, pretty much a legend in this sport. So uh, another one of one of my friends that uh, has helped me quite a bit along the way. Um, he was a guy that really gave me an opportunity to come in, work for him, teach a bunch of kids' classes, um, work with the youth, which I absolutely love, teach some bo- uh, boxing, kickboxing classes. So he gave How'd me – you get hooked up with these guys. Um, sticking my neck out there, really. Um, happened to be in the right place at the right time. Like I said, I just happened to go out to California and meet these guys from, from Arizona. And Timing. Uh, yeah, Timing. Timing. Yeah, exactly. But people don't put them the people don't put themselves in positions to be in the right time. Right. You know, oh, he was at the right place at the right time because you're humble. Right. But you're the one putting yourselves there. Right. You're you're always there. You're always yeah. around. That's 
opportunity yeah ratios I, go up and i never thought of it that way when i was kind of going through that that part of my life um i kind of just looked at it as i was a young kid who didn't really have fear for much and i uh i didn't i wasn't scared of you know moving across the country as crazy as that sounds at 19 20 years old um i really embraced it i wanted to do it i really embraced sticking my neck out there and taking opportunity or taking chances um and i realized that by doing that you can build a lot of opportunity for yourself so I kind of stuck with that pattern and kept trying to do that and go for that um, so we we ended up out in Arizona training with uh, this guy from Soul Fighters, uh, the Soul Fighters, which is a amazing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu team out there. Uh, it was founded down in Brazil, but now uh, Tanquinho Augusto Mendes, um, he was our uh, Jiu-Jitsu instructor, professor out there. He's in the UFC right now currently. Um, he fights at 135 pounds, so he was an amazing another guy that we learned so much from and really helped expand our game. Um, and from that, you know, we were, we were out in Arizona and I ended up tearing my ACL in wrestling practice one day and I, I came back here. Um, and that's where, I, that's where I never ended up making it back to Arizona. Um, I ended up, uh, coming back here, uh, having that surgery on my knee and then my buddy Reese stayed out there for a little bit longer. He ended up going back down to Florida where he's from and he started a gym called Trace BJJ. Um, so that's a, and that's a soul fighters affiliate as well. So he's doing some big things down there. He's a brown belt now, um, under, uh, Tankino and he's, uh, really spreading that soul fighter stuff down in Florida. So, you know, he's got a really good thing going as well. He's still in it. Um, uh, I do, I do miss him very much. You know, he was a guy, like I said, that had a very big impact on my life at a very important time in my life for me, um, looking back at it. So, you know, he's, I'm very proud of him for all the things he's doing down there now. And he, you know, he's really, he's spreading the, the martial arts down in Florida still. So, um, it was very cool. Arizona was a very good opportunity for us. You know, we got to learn a lot and meet a lot of good people, uh, interesting people, and you know, stuff like that. Situations like that really do stick with you for life. Um, so, you what know, are the biggest? What are the top three uh, martial arts? Um, I should say MMA states. Ooh, state wise, um, top three. I'd say number one is I'd say, I'm going off of skill level, by the way, or yep. I'd say how advanced their games overall are. I'd say California is number one. Um, they, at least in the jujitsu, probably MMA world as well. California seems to be quite ahead. Um, other than that, maybe New York, uh, or Florida, those States are both developing quite a few fighters now. Um, even New Jersey has been a pretty good area as well. They have some good wrestling. The Midwest seems to be behind though. Something that I've noticed kind of traveling all over is the Midwest seems to be behind um, a little bit in the fitness for world. For the record, we're no offense to us. I mean, we're behind on everything. Yeah. <laughs> Shit, we just got Michael Jackson's Thriller album. <laughs> just was released last week, man. Threw uh, that on the record player. Yeah, the turntable right off the bat. We seem to be uh, less trendy up here. We we get the trends quite late. So I think MMA though is the the future of MMA in the Midwest is absolutely massive. I I see within the next decade. The UFC. Hardworking people. I mean, we're hardworking yeah. people. Yeah, you know, and I think it that, takes hard work. Yeah, you know, and the weather around here as well makes you very, very tough, durable people. Um, wrestling's huge, of course, in our in our blood up here. So there's a lot of wrestlers, which that of course translates very well to MMA um, and grappling and things like that. Um, so you know, there this part of the country, it's it's inevitable in the near future here. You the MMA is going to blow up to. To, to big levels it just hasn't quite caught up yet to the coast which is natural a lot of like i said a lot of those guys from brazil tend to go to the coast anyways and that's where a lot of these uh why is that weather i'm guessing warm yeah. they doesn't i don't blame them. i don't think it snows in brazil much so <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure that they uh stay in the warm i just had to areas. hear it i just had to hear it <laughs> 
So you and I both watched the event last night. The UFC, what was that, 210? Yes, 210. That was an epic freaking night. It looked like, and I'm going to be honest with you, I was just, I get all the pay-per-views. I don't miss them. But it was just kind of, uh, I didn't even know who was fighting besides, well, Chris Weidman was fighting. I was looking forward to that. Um, but uh, Anthony Johnson, Daniel oh. Cromrie. Um, but shit really got intense. We had a very controversial controversial moment that I've never seen before. Yeah. And I got two things on that, but we'll wait. And then two guys retired. One guy threw down his gloves. And then Johnson retired. After he lost, young guy in his prime of his career. Right, right. What do you say about all that? Well, first off, can we? I take a bathroom break real quick. Can we pause this and oh, come yeah. back to? Well, we're not going to pause it. I'm just going to get somebody else in here. Robbie, get in here. Robbie, jump in here for a second, my man. Keep that thought though. One sec here. Hey, we see. You're at the, you're listening to the Mister Seven One Five Show, okay? So you're in the big leagues of podcasts, and we just go to the bullpen. If we got a guy running out of gas. <laughs> Someone's got to grab the beer. I mean, they're not, I'm not going to keep my guy, his arm hurts, lobbing him in there. They're hitting bombs every five <laughs> seconds. All right? We're going to get some new new blood in there. Yeah. I doing, well. Robbie? I'm with Robbie Vandermuse, and if you guys have been paying attention, Robbie Vandermuse is a music expert. He is also a fitness coach. He's the head fitness coach of five, five let me spit it out here, <laughs> Fire Fitness Camp Nina. I was going to say Fox City, because we got these things everywhere right now. Yeah, blowing up all over the place. And you are putting on some muscle. Kind of, trying to. Thank you. Trying. I, we got a big banner at uh, in Plover, you know, headquarters. Fire Fitness Camp. Stop trying, start doing. Can so I go you, into that for a second? Yeah, please do. While we're on the uh, bathroom break. I remember doing a workout with you guys <clears throat> out in Plover. And I remember seeing that, and right away I'm like, I am going to blow this workout out of the water today. I remember just being like, I want it, I want it. That's all it takes. When it comes to your fitness, you just have to want it and work your ass off for it. Right there. You can do it. Anybody. You, listeners. You can do it. You can do it. What movie? Waterboy. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. You can't, you can't stop I don't me. know. <laughs> can't I don't stop know. Me. I'm going to try. Great stuff. Great yeah, stuff. I can't stop you. I can only hope to contain you. Since I'm Sam's substitute for the quick second, I'm going to take a drink of his drink. Oh, take a drink of his drink. This is pretty good with that, that fit in. Oh, shit. Here oh he comes. Did God. he see? <laughs> now, this guy can knock your ass out. Yes, he can. I mean, he, I've seen nah, him punch people. Kill me. He has some. And I do want to say something, though, Sam. You got. I thought you were all grapple. No. You got some serious, serious striking ability <laughs> like one of the fights i was watching the guy's throwing the haymakers and stuff you were throwing and and i have a witness <laughs> but i'm like every every punch you threw was like that's what i that was thinking, that's what i would have done that's what i would have done because i think i'm a good striker too okay mm-hmm. i've struck many 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 old people <laughs> all right over jukeboxes <laughs> but um it was just all of a sudden the uppercut, you know, uh, everything was calculated. Everything, the timing, it seemed to be just perfect where everybody else is just left, right, hooks, 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 Mechanical. out of control. Yeah. And you were just, boom, boom. I'm like, wow. And then spins, spinning sidekick. Yes. Yes. Boom, I'm like, 
I really like this guy. I, uh, you know, for me, that's one thing that uh, Bruce Lee has been a major, major influence on me when it comes to martial arts. Um, and I truly believe in his mindset of being free and loose in there. And going back to what I said earlier, having complete freedom in there. Um, a lot of people, for some reason, become very mechanical in that situation. You know, punch, punch, kick, punch, kick, uh, very mechanical stuff. Um, and to me, I try to go in there and just stay as loose as possible. See, see openings and throw um, whatever's there. I, I don't think you got a huge future. I don't, thank you. Um, you know, to me, I just, going back to the open-mindedness as well, I go in there and I try to look at what's in front of me and react simply to what's in front of me. I don't try to force anything. I don't try to throw only right hands or only, you know, left hooks or focus on specific things. Um, I go in there and I see openings and I try to take advantage of them. And it's as simple as that. And you just, mentioned Bruce Lee and I don't know who that is. Bruce? Oh, man. Bruce Lee's... Uh, Bruce Springsteen? <laughs> Bruce Springsteen. No, 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 no. Uh, Bruce oh, Lee, hang man, on. that's Let me my hit guy. Pa- hey, I'm going to pause it right here. Pause <laughs> this, okay? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to show you something. I happen to know who Bruce Lee is, and I'm going to put something... I'm putting something down right in front of this guy. Oh, man. If you're listening in your car, in your truck, in your minivan... No, I ain't got no minivan listeners, but I just laid in front of him a VHS... Special edition. Oh, man. Bruce Lee, Enter the Dragon. And, folks, if you know the movie Enter the Dragon, you better tweet something at Mr. 715 Show. Yeah, it's been it's been a long time since I've seen Enter the Dragon, so uh, what are the chances of me taking that home with me today, borrowing that from you for a uh, bit? Borrowing I got a VA- taking. I got, no, the, I got the VHS player. I got the VCR. And you ain't got a copy of this. No, this guy, I don't. Look, remember, this I guy's been bouncing around the country living in cardboard boxes. He can go home with that today. <laughs> you know, that's the only movie I really want. Oh, I want back. I got, I'm gonna, I, I got to ask for I it got back you, as much man. as I like, give shit. <laughs> I love giving shit, all my shit away. That's why I ain't got nothing. I give it all away. Oh, man. That's I'll... like there's very few things in life that I really <laughs> Oh, man, that's awesome. That's cool. What my about... mom bought me that. That's um, so cool. That's about my third copy along my lifetime oh wow it's been 41 years of that <laughs> have, timeline and this one uh, i'm gonna keep have you ever dabbled in any of bruce lee's books no he's got uh, some very interesting books he's got a i forgot what it's called but he's a book that i read a couple years ago now that uh, is all about philosophy and his mindset on life and towards life and he wrote it i believe when he was in college at washington university or university of washington very interesting stuff i'll have to uh, bring one of those in and let you take a look at that um, but yeah, Bruce Lee is uh, one of those guys that I think was way ahead of his time and is still ahead of his time. In I the think sport. his words and I think there are few people that their words are even more popular on paper, right? Because he's that deep. Yeah. So that would make a lot of sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's, he's just one of those people that I truly think, uh, he had something very special mentally. He understood more than anybody I've ever seen in my life um, the mental side to the sport of MMA. I think he's really is truly the original pioneer of the sport. One, um, he was one of the first guys to ever introduce uh, sparring with you know holding nothing back essentially um, with the smaller gloves and whatnot, not not pulling any punches. So he really brought that to the world. Um, and you know with his mindset behind it, I think that guys today can still take 
a massive amount of stuff from when it comes to the mental approach to things. And you do. I try to study Bruce Lee as much as possible because I really the things that come out of it or that came out of his mouth really resonate within me. I feel I feel like um, you can take a lot of his things that he spoke about with martial arts and whatnot and transfer that throughout your entire life um, in multiple different situations. Um, and like you were saying before, being in that ring and being loose and free is the key, I think, to being successful there. This when- guy here told me he, the other day I t- was at talking to you. And... and- <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Guy gets deep on you. All right. <laughs> I'm just talking about uh, we're talking about connecting with clients. And uh, for anybody who doesn't know, um, Sammy is actually a fitness coach within the Fire Fitness organization. He's our traveling superstar. Okay. And um, kind of using him as an expert role right now. And we're talking about connecting with clients because everyone's different. And he starts going on about being liquid and he's water. He's like water. Then he sends me something. He says, what do you put water into a teapot? Become put, a teapot. Become the teapot. I'm like, look, this is next level shit, man. Yeah, you but know. you know what? I love it because what are we doing? At the end of the day, what are we really doing? Are we just going through the motions? Are we just dumb, dumb personal trainers? You know, wearing spaghetti string right. freaking Gold's Gym shirts and gloves, <laughs> right? And right. looking at the mirror and and posting Instagram pictures. Right. You know, I mean, for somebody that gets it, and I think in our industry of changing people and totally transforming people, you can trans... I don't think you can totally be successful transforming physically without the mental transformation happening Mm -hmm. and what i want to say real quick is on that i've transformed a lot of people and i never got any success with anybody before i could transform them mentally and i think that goes on along with bruce lee's type of stuff and i have some stuff to back that up with i watched this thing called i don't know this it was about obesity okay and the guy lost 200 pounds i watched it on tv and they put him through all this exercise stuff, right? All this shit. He used to eat 80,000 cheeseburgers. Um, and what he did was he had lipos- uh, not just liposuction, but he had gastric bypass surgery, lost 200 pounds. Mm. Now, what? why wouldn't someone just have gas- gastric bypass surgery? Because that's a shortcut. Why wouldn't you do that, okay? And I watched this transformation. I said, it ain't going to work for him because... He lost 200 pounds, but unless you have the mental transformation, that hard work, blood, blood, sweat, and tears of how to get there, he just had some snip, snip, snip. Mm-hmm. What, what really happened to this guy to be able to say, I'm going to keep this off and I'm going to live my life healthy? You know it ain't happening, and it didn't happen. But the people that transform mentally first, their odds go through the roof. Yeah, I agree with that, you know, and that's where, you know, going back to what we were talking about the other day to uh, connecting with with people just in general and then clients and whatnot. I think that the the major thing to be successful um, in that area of things is that connection mentally um, with people. If you can connect to somebody and get them to change their mindset, um, the physical will follow. Uh, you know, Best way to change your life. Change your mind. Right, exactly. And that's, you know, it's kind of a corny, corny old saying and you oh. know, everybody's... <laughs> 
what you think. I thought it was. What I you? It was no, I'm going back to that saying. You know what you what you think you shall become. Um, you know. Hey, you ever pull something out of your pocket? And you're like, this is genius. So he's like, yeah, that old corny shit. Yeah, I, mean, no. I, I get it. And you really thought you had something? No, I'm I'm looking at that that old cliche saying here that uh, you know, what you think you shall become. That's true stuff, though. You know that that's something that if you within your mind can change that. Um, like Ali, what did he say? Go looking back at it, he said uh, he told himself he was the greatest before he knew he was. That's real stuff. If you're not a big deal, who's gonna think you're a big deal? Right, right. If you're not your own biggest fan, who's gonna be? Right. Why would anybody else want to be at the end of the day? No. So you know, it's real stuff. Um, that that mental that mental switch has to happen first, though, for it to transfer into the physical reality. I think we're gonna fast forward, but maybe not. We had you in the West Coast, and then we're going to speed this up because we're running out of time. Where are you now? What's in your future? We're going to microwave the process. Give me what you got. All right, here. So now, um, right now, like uh, like Hans just said, I'm over at Fire uh, Fire Fitness Camps doing all that, um, having a ton of fun with it, looking to grow with that company and whatnot. Um, looking in the future as well into MMA too, like I said, uh, it's been a weird couple of years here, had a couple knee injuries, um, had a death within the family, so that threw a big loop and thing or big curveball and things as well. Um, really kind of pulled me away from martial arts, but you know, in the, in the very near future here, I'm looking to fully get back into it um, to to continue to to uh, work my way up the belt system in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. It was your um, it was your father because I know that yep, because yep. I know you well enough to yeah you covered that yeah. Do you want to get into that? A yeah, bit? we can get into that a little bit. So you know, within the last couple of years, um, I'll go back to Arizona. So from Arizona, um, I tore my ACL in wrestling practice one day, and I'd come back about a couple weeks after that, um, and I hadn't been home in probably over a year at that point. Um, and, you know, still still was in contact with my family. I have a mother, a sister, and then uh, I had a father as well. So at that point in time, it was my dad, my mom, and my sister at home. And I came back home, and I got a chance to kind of see how everything was going. And my, my dad was uh, diagnosed with multiple sclerosis or MS back when I was in about fifth grade, so real young, um, as far as back as I can remember, really. Um, so for that, I came home and it was getting to the point where it was really starting to, uh, get very physically serious for him and, you know, very debilitating in that sense. Um, so I saw that and, you know, for me, that was a, that was a big thing in my head that made me think, wow, I cannot go back to Arizona no matter what. Um, I have to stay here and help all my family. And that was about, I, I want to say the end of 2014, uh, beginning of 2015. So that was a couple of years ago. And over the last couple of years, you know, we were kind of just, I've been here. Um, help, I was taking care of my dad with my family. Um, you know, we all helped out and kind of chipped in with that. Um, and we were so just he lived, I mean, he lived with this disease for a long time. Yeah. For, I think a, uh, right before he died, he, he died six months ago. So last September from it. Um, and he lived with it for almost 11 years, I think. And they think that he was, he had it before he was even diagnosed. Okay. Um, and it's one of those weird diseases where, you know, they, it's, it's odd. It slowly eats away at you. Mm-hmm. Um, and it gets to the point where it's, you know, will eventually shut your body down. So that was quite a weird thing. And going back to, to, uh, you know, being humbled, that is something that absolutely floored me and forced me to become a humble individual. Um, and, you know, to go go through something like my father dying at 20, 
three years of age at that point in time when it happened um, was a very eye-opening one. It completely changes your perception on life and, you know, really what's going on in this entire entire situation. So uh, for me, it was a very big eye-opener and a very big motivator. That is something that has lit a fire under my butt and will continue to motivate me for the rest of my life. Um, so you, you know, know, for a couple reasons, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. We know that life... You know, I we, we go through sometimes and we think that we're invincible, mm-hmm. um, let alone lose someone that you actually love. Right. You right. love. And, you know, you, you learn a lot, I think, about yourself. Yeah, I agree. You know, I think uh, – and, you know, it was kind of weird because for him being sick, I didn't really get a chance to, you know, do a lot of things with him growing up. Uh, you know, go and play catch, normal things that, you know, dads and their sons will do. So for me, I got to learn lessons in a different way through him. He, as an individual, had one of the strongest wills that I've ever seen. He he really fought that situation and fought that uncontrollable thing that he was dealing with and really, uh, you know, pushed it on for as long as he can or could. So for me, watching that, it's like, holy shit, this guy is going through one of the physically toughest things that I've ever seen in my life, and he's going through it with the mindset that he's going to beat it every day, no matter how bad it got. So looking at that day after day after day after day and seeing him push through that, even with you know the physical level that he was at, was very inspiring. That showed me that even at the lowest of lows, physically, mentally, you can still have that there. You can still have that motivation. You can still have that that optimism, you know, for the situation. So for me, it was very... I don't think people see that. No. I mean, I, people don't don't get a lesson like that. No, and that's... For me, I was lucky enough to be able to take that from that situation versus I... This is easily something I could have allowed um, for me to be like, you know, why did life do this to me? Mm-hmm. Why did life do this to the people around oh, me? Oh, sure. People do it every day. Right, and, you know, feel very sorry for myself and, sure. you know, let this make me bitter for the rest of my life. But I decided to take a different route and just look at the positives from the situation, what he taught me as a man, the things that he showed me to do. He didn't necessarily teach me these things verbally, but watching him go through that taught me more than I think really anything could have um, when it comes to handling adversity. So, you know, that situation is messed up and is shitty that it got for my family and I uh, probably is easily... Um, the most I've ever learned from a single situation within my life. Probably, I don't know what the future. I don't know what the future holds for me. But you know, looking at it, that's probably going to be a major, major three event within my life when it comes down to it. Um, something that I'll always be able to go look, look back at and take lessons from. So awesome, dude. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it, it's very cool to be able to uh, take the positives if you can from it, and you know, well, I it's, think your, it's, it's your, it's your positive mental attitude. That is creating some type of opportunity, if you will, mm-hmm. out of something that traumatic that you could have went a whole different way. Right. People go a different way on that st- yeah. type of stuff. But the real winners will find a way to grab it out, get your hands in there, pull it out as much as it hurts. Right. What would he want you to do? Right. Uh, he yeah. doesn't want you to roll over and lay on the couch all day. And right. I mean... Uh, and you're changing people's lives right now. Right. You know, and that's why for me being around the fitness industry is pretty vital to my happiness. 
um, because I get to help people. You know, I, I unfortunately, like I said, it had got to see my dad physically decline. So these people that I'm around on a daily basis that are They're motivated healthy. To, to want to become more and more fit, more and more he healthy. Couldn't, he couldn't do this. Right, exactly. You know, it's motivating for me to see that now. And I, I want to help people that want to help themselves um, at the end of the day. And I want to connect with people that want to help themselves because that helps me grow as an individual as well, not only through helping them, but seeing their mindset through that entire situation is uh, major. And, you know, the, to me, those little things mean everything. I look at those little things, somebody that may be a little bit out of shape that wants to come in and get healthy, um, you know, be extremely motivated and expressing themselves through uh, courage, the courage to want to get fit. Um, that's very motivating to me. And we're going to, and everybody, just, just so you know, our next episode, we're actually going to dive into that very deep. We're going to dive into helping people. We're going to get into fitness. We're going to get into something um, maybe a little more abstra- abstract than just going to the gym. Right. Um, thanks for being here. Thank you so much. You have a lot to look forward to in your life. Thank you. Thank and I you. want to remind everybody, listeners, adversity may cause you to break and others to break records. So I like that. Uh, and in my mind, that's something your father must have did. I mean, he, I mean, it's everything you tell me, he broke records, maybe not on paper. Um, Tough son of a bitch to uh, all the way through thick and thick. Like I said, he, uh, he was a very strong willed individual. And that's something that he had either through genetics or through just watching him growing up. Uh, that's something that he has definitely put in, in with me uh, or helped me learn help me see so luckily at you know as at 24 years of age i've been able to pick up that lesson somehow um cannot be more grateful to have that mindset with things though at the end of the day cheers my friend thank you so much glad to have you glad to know you and anybody listening look this guy up he's an interesting cat and he's got a lot of stuff going on in the future follow him look him up on facebook sammy donner d-o-n-n-e-r He's got a picture of him and Joe Rogan on there. He's pretty jealous. Joe Rogan's a cool cat. You <laughs> yeah. brought him up earlier. A lot of good stuff. Keep watching him. Great guy. That's all the time we have. Remember, support your state, county, federal, city, law enforcement agencies. Why? You might just need them sometime. Adios. We're going to see you next time. Thanks again, Cheers, guys. My we got to slam. This is where we slam our beers. And I never have any to slam because I already slammed it. I got a little left. I was, the other day I was so looking forward to tapping into this bottle of vodka I got. Yeah. And um, I'm like, I can't wait to drink that vodka. And Pi says, you drank it last night. (laughs) Peace. 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 Holy shit. <laughs>